Well, hi, I'm Emily. And I'm Justin. And you're listening to The E&J Show. It's a podcast about dating, sex, the pop culture of our youth, food, farming, and how we're navigating this crazy little thing called life. How are you doing, Justin? Well, it's humid. It's only 70 degrees, but it's humid right now. And, yeah. Um, man. It feels like 80. Yeah. It, it's really weird how I kind of forgot about humidity. Mm-hmm. And now it's back, and this is our punishment for living in New England. Yep, yep. I was at my meditation last night, and I was saying how I didn't go outside all of yesterday because it was too humid for me. And one of the guys who goes to the meditation was like, oh, like you don't like it because your hair, which I was like, okay, that's sexist. But I was like, uh, sure. But also, like, you know, humidity just feels like the world is sweating right back at you. Well, and I would also argue you don't need to have long hair. I mean, I do, but you don't need to have long hair as a man to understand why humidity sucks. You try putting on a pair of socks or something and your feet are like half a size too large because you're just swelling. Um, That's true. I think he might have also been... uh, you know, poking at the fact that my hair is curly. Everyone's so, hair is curly with humidity. <laughs> that's true. But my hair, my hair, my hair was quite large yesterday. Um, I had to put it up. It was too big. Well, um, the humidity's back, and uh, I'm not looking forward back to. It's better than ever. Right. I'm not looking forward to days of 90 degrees. Uh, next week, it's going to be 90 for like. Yep. three or four days straight yeah, actually I'm, starting this weekend that we're recording I'm going to the beach on sunday my mother is coming today and tomorrow and then sunday i'm gonna go to the beach it's friday by the way people as we're recording um and yeah. it's june somehow and somehow it's june. We made it to june yes and this is episode 11 so we're on the other side we're now preteens tweens if right. you will yes um so i just wanted to briefly talk about like the fact that so on may 29th um our governor said that we didn't have to wear masks anymore i'm like forgetting his name for some reason charlie, charlie baker. baker charlie baker said we didn't have to wear masks anymore uh outside at least um you know you still have to wear them inside depending on the business but i've you know, generally been wearing my masks inside still. Uh, But as I've not been wearing my masks outside, I'm just like noticing all the smells of late spring, early summer. And I've thought about this before during COVID, like the fact that, you know, everyone's talked about how the mask like keeps you from having connections with like other people's faces, which is totally true. But I also think the lack of smell is really affects your emotions as well because the like your sense of smell is connected to your sense of memory and like today as I was walking around for instance I smelled like privet and if you know the smell of privet it's not like a good smell it kind of smells like pee uh like animal pee but it's such a symbol of summer for me because so many wealthy people in the Hamptons had privet uh like all around their property because it's very hard to see through. And I just was like totally taken to my childhood in that moment. 
Um, you know what? The one thing that it, it's always kind of like a mid late spring smell and it's really strong for a little bit and then it just vanishes. Mm. I don't know what it is. Um, it, it's a type of tree, I think, a tree or a hedge and it flowers and the flowers smell to me, at least they smell like um, fish or something. Oh, and what, what does the plant look like? Again, I think it's a, a type of tree because uh, I, I remember when I was in middle school, there was one on our property by the playground and mm. it always just I mean, it's not the worst. It, it's not it's not that kind of real funky um, kind of briny fish smell. But, uh, you know, try to think of like the fish counter at a supermarket. OK, got like a lobster tank or something. And there's just something a little a little off. And, you know, I I'm sure some people would uh, people that are more experts in the field of smell would probably be able to tell me that that's not mm. what it smells like. But to me, it, it's a type of weird fishy. Um, it, it's, it's not particularly sweet. It's not like a lilac or jasmine or something like that, which is nice and sweet, but can be a little too sweet. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just, or the black locust. Right, right. Um, but that's what I think of. And yeah, mm. I can still smell it through my mask. So, Huh, that's valid. Maybe my sense of smell is weak and I need to not wear a mask to smell properly. I just haven't been outside too, too much. Yeah. Um, so that's why more of it for me is, is chalked up to not being outside more than not having a mask. Because really, yeah. ever since it got warm, I've been not wearing a mask if I'm like in the woods or right. on yeah. a long bike ride or something. Uh, yeah. It, it, just it was kind of unnecessary but i still i still feel like going into stores i know some stores depending on if they're an independent business or if they're part of a chain their yeah. uh, their stance on masks is a little different although i have to say right. every every store that i've seen that is uh like a supermarket chain or something because the the mandate is lifted uh they can't force you to wear a mask but they are saying we strongly encourage this and yes my um, gym says we don't have to wear masks and i haven't actually gone in yet but i would still wear a mask at the gym and I, when i went to the natick mall last week some stores said you didn't have to wear masks and i was like that's crazy to me yeah it just for right now it just seems like that's a lot of same air being circulated in a yep. closed space and the gym especially everyone's exerting themselves and right sweating and i i don't know um and it's like who's how can they tell who's vaccinated and and who's not well that's that's the thing i saw yeah i saw a, a funny i guess it was like a hard times or onion headline the other day that said mm. something like amc announces that fully vaccinated people and liars can now go to their movies right exactly uh, i think i've said this on the podcast already but my vaccines both left like a little blue dot on my arm like it's tiny and it's going away but that's my little tattoo that proves that i've been vaccinated and carl sagan appeared to narrate it yes um, one last thing I want to say about smell is Justin and I went for a hike recently. I've been going for hikes with different people and every time I see this plant, I make them smell it. But 
particularly when Jess and I went hiking, we saw one of my favorite springtime plants, which is skunk cabbage, which is a, I don't actually know if it's a brassica. I don't know if it's actually in the cabbage family, but it's called a cabbage and it is a laxative and animals that hibernate in the winter, like skunks and bears, they eat it in the spring so that they can poop, get their big, their wintertime poop out. They're one big poop. Anyway, uh, that's the last time I'm going to say poop. Uh, when you when you break off a piece and smell it, like growing up, that, that smell was always synonymous for me with like farts because we like would play pranks on each other at this camping trip I had at my school growing up. Um, and everyone said it smelled like farts. But then when Justin smelled it, he was like, it smells like burning rubber. And now to me, it smells like burning rubber because he's right. Yeah, it's got kind of this, um, yeah, it, it's kind of like this hot, um, kind of asphalty. It, yep. It, it, it definitely, the way the smell can transmit kind of uh, heat almost, to me, it, mm. it was like fresh pavement or, or new rubber on a very, very hot day. Yeah, no, I totally see it now. But to me, it's still like, it's like a fake fart smell. It's like, it's like the flavor of grapes. It's not actually grapes, but we still call it grape. Now I am looking this up and it says skunk cabbage is in the Aracaceae family. And uh, so that includes, uh, it looks like philodendron. Um, oh, all of those kind of larger, leafy, slightly exotic-looking things. I was thinking really? kind of like hostas. Um, oh, yes, uh, yes. Yeah, Monstera, which makes sense. If you look at the leaves, uh, yeah, it is Yeah, I guess, it is but it's like not that. a vine. No, but not all those plants are necessarily vines either. That's true. That is true. Huh. I did not know that. It's yeah, not it's not a true brassica. I didn't think so, but no, because from what I know, brassica are all—they're all kind of linked by the same original right. plant. You know, you've That's got right. broccoli and you've got cauliflower and Brussels cabbage, sprouts. Brussels sprouts. It's—it's it's all from yeah. messing with the genome of that. Exactly. Genome is the right term, but yes, sure. So there you go. If you think about it, they all are like the same thing. Like, what is a Brussels sprout, but a tiny cabbage and also a giant broccoli nodule. Right. Um, but yeah, okay. So let's get into the meat. So speaking of meat, uh, our first topic <laughs> is just a brief little thing. We talk about the apps a, a decent amount, the dating apps and all of that. Mm -hmm. And it's still an interesting time as things yes. are returning back to normal, if that's what I, you want to call it. I re-downloaded Hinge again, so that that time without apps lasted about four weeks. Well, and so this is a story, very briefly, of uh, probably some years ago when I was in college and was more new to the apps because, unfortunately, in my college experience, it seems like apps like Tinder were the only way to actually meet people because so mm -hmm. many people now are 
into their phones and the, the chances of meeting someone through a club or class just never seemed, and I've talked to other people about this and it just, it's, it's getting increasingly rare, which is kind of strange, but people, people go to their activities, their classes, their clubs, whatever, and they, they hang with their little circle and then they don't kind of mm -hmm. branch out and they're all, it's all very yeah. insular. So I was, I was on the apps because it felt like that's, uh, that's all I had. The apps and... were like first starting to become a thing when I was in school and I was, I was like in a long-term relationship, so I never did it, but I definitely had friends who were experimenting with apps. Um, yeah. And, and I'm and, a little bit older than you, so. And certainly before that, you had websites and everything. So Yeah, of course, match.com, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so I was, you know, especially when you're in college, I feel like uh, I feel like a lot of these people don't take the app seriously. Um, everyone's there for kind of the same thing, whether it's strictly a hookup or just dates or just chats, whatever. But it, it's not like they need to lie about why they're using these services. But at the same time, I, I feel like when I was younger in that age demographic, a lot of people would not share things about themselves in their bio. They would have some meme or a quote from the office or some other bullshit like that. And uh, so I, for a while, I, I had like a little gallery of just dumb, stupid uh, bios from Tinder. And occasionally I'll still send you screenshots mm -hmm. and be like, get a load of this. Uh, but that's happening fear and far between because now into my mid twenties, people are hopefully wisening up, I guess. I don't know. I still I, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to touch that one. Um, mm -hmm. But so I got curious. I said, okay, Tinder's Tinder's kind of funny in a in a cringe way. Why don't I take a look at Grinder? Now I'm not gay. I don't have any interest in men. But I was like, well, I I'm kind of using Tinder for the yucks anyway. Like nothing productive is happening. Like I I'm just curious. Like like what what's the gay equivalent of that? And I guess right. I could have I could have gone on Tinder and I could have selected I'm looking for men, not women. But uh, it's I don't know wasn't the same so yeah grinder's a whole different ball game absolutely and i i had friends that are gay and they use grinder and they would always tell me about how it's a very different place than uh, yeah the, the quote-unquote straight apps right um and they were right <laughs> yeah so i i downloaded it and just the brief run through of you know that when we when we talk about these apps there's tinder there's bumble there's um hinge and mm -hmm. all of them kind of work in a similar way where you see a profile you're, you're basically presented with one profile at a time and you've got the option to either swipe right or swipe left on them right is you want to match with them left is you don't want to match with them right right hinge is a little different but yeah hinge, hinge is a little different but it still follows that general principle right of, of the one profile at a time and then a yes, yes or a no yeah, uh, the card stack. Yeah, that's what it is. You're going through a deck of cards. Binders yeah. full of women, to quote once presidential nominee Mitt Romney. Oh, and... good. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, that was that was a great... Remember back when, when saying something slightly out of context was the worst you could do? Yep. Oh, boy. Um, so Grinder instead, times. it shows you... Um, a grid of people nearby and it stops at a certain point and i think you can pay oh. a premium to to like increase that range 
That's like okay Cupid. I think we've talked about this, but Yeah, it's it's very based on that kind of model. And mm. so you'll have this grid and you've got the option to filter who you're seeing. You can just see who's closest to you. Uh, you can search for an, an age range, which you know, all Tinder and all that stuff allows you to do too. Um, but then also uh, what you're looking for, like dates or hookup or friendship. Um, and then I think you're also able to uh, control your search by like body type and skin color and what they call tribes, which are like uh, like the, the, the bear and the twink thing. Oh, interesting. I I don't understand the, the term tribe. I guess that's Grinders thing, but it's and and somehow that's different from body type. I don't I don't know all this stuff. Huh. It's it's so it's like it's so down to the <laughs> microscopic view of of picking people apart. Um, yeah. I did think it was very strange that skin color was an option too. That just that's seems like interesting. Yeah. Um. Because you can pick ethnicity. Like on other apps, which ones you're interested, in, which ones you're not, but it doesn't say skin color. Maybe, maybe the word they use is ethnicity, but okay. I mean, essentially, I mean, yeah, that I don't is know. interesting. It, it it just it was a little curious to me. Um, so that's how it is, and you can you don't need to match with anyone. You can just start talking to them, and you can oh. start sending pictures to them. They don't. There's no like consent required of like oh, yes, I accept Lord. this message. You don't okay. even you don't even get like a so and so wants to start a conversation with you. Would you like to say hi back? None of that. Yeah, just that's how OkCupid okay used to be, and then they changed it so that you like people can still send you messages, but you'll only see them if you like happen upon their profile. Okay. Yeah. This is this is not that. Um, you also have the option to, uh, they call it tapping, which is like showing someone that you saw their profile, but you didn't message them, which oh. to me seems very weird and passive aggressive. Yeah. Like, why not just message someone? Um, and there's also an option to see who viewed your profile, but who didn't tap you. So it's a very confusing mess. Everything is so... Um, micromanaged well like, tap so tapping is just like a a like without a comment yeah basically it's but again th this is this is an app yeah it's a poke on facebook it's wow. a 2007 facebook poke Ooh, wow i remember poking yeah <laughs> i think you can still poke but i wouldn't know uh i think it's like no one does it and it's hard to find how well, to do no it no one our age uses facebook to begin with so. i use it to I don't know. I honestly use it to talk to boomers. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what it's there for. Yeah. Um, so just briefly, I, I think I had Grinder for like maybe a day. Um, and you can set up a blank pr profile. You don't need to put pictures up. You don't need to. I think you just need to put your age and that's it. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't even need to be displayed. So completely blank. I just wanted to see some funny profiles. Well, I was wrong. Grinder's not a place for fun. It's a place. It's a place for fuck. Yes. And um, <laughs> I received so many unsolicited photos. And you had no pictures up? No pictures, no bio, no stats, oh, like not how, my... how tall I am or, or how much I weigh. Nothing, not what I'm looking for. Completely blank. I could have been a bot for all they know. And 
I was getting so many. You could have been a bot, and they still would want to put their dick in it. Well, I mean, they make they make those, um, but they sure do. I mean, you know, I, I, I've seen I've seen penis. I'm a guy. I go in locker rooms. Um, I have. One. <laughs> I've seen penis. Okay. You no, know, it's not. It, it's well, when you have one, it's like I don't know. It's a little different if you don't. It's that one doesn't count. No, it's it's just more of like that's what other people like me have i guess like on a, on a very base level it's not at least to me because i'm not attracted everyone's to different though yeah. oh i see what you're saying i see what you're saying yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but it's just like okay yeah that's a thing and you watch porn and unless you unless you have some weird problems with your own masculinity it's whatever mm-hmm. um but man these were some gross dicks and mm. None of them were good. And I mean, I, we've talked about this before where mm-hmm. if you're sending an unsolicited nude, um, I don't know how else to say this other than they probably aren't good nudes. Yeah. Um, it was all bad. It was all really bad. And uh, at that point, you must know that it's not good. Like the person who's sending it. I'm sure it's out of desperation. Yeah. I, I don't. Sad. I don't. Yeah, it's kind of sad, but don't send unsolicited nudes to people. Um, yeah. There there were a lot of sugar daddies on there who mm. were like, I'll pay you to clean my house naked. You don't oh. need to have sex with me. Uh, $500 to clean my house naked. Whoa. Uh, and again, they have no idea how old I was or like any of that. Completely blank. Just, just they're like, this is like... Uh, spam like chain emails from the early mid 2000s uh-huh. going out uh there were also a lot of quote-unquote straight men looking for mm. woman um mm-hmm. and when they say woman they generally meant someone with a vagina who is assigned female at birth uh mm. sometimes they would be referring to uh um male to female trans people and i'm not saying trans woman or woman or anything like that but these these guys would like put in the profile about how straight they were and how they hate being messaged by gay guys and they hate seeing penis and everything and i'm just thinking to myself well maybe you're kind of on the wrong app so they wanted either pre-op trans men or post-op trans women or cis woman or cis women who are on grinder yeah and it just seemed like they were just really not in the right place for that. That um, I don't get that. This is not the first time you've told me this, and I'm, I still am confused. And, and they would say, like, if, if, you are, if you are a pre-op woman, I don't want to see your genitals or anything like that. And to me, it was just reeking of these men have some uh, deep-seated personal... Internalized things. homophobia. Yeah, like yeah. Self, yeah, self... You know what I mean? It it absolutely did reek of of these guys who, um, kind of lacked the awareness, and yeah. weren't willing to do the soul searching that like maybe they were by or maybe they don't even mm. need to put a label on it and why should they be hung up about it? But I wanted to feel bad for them, but you know the the language yeah. they were using was not very nice. So then it's kind of hard to right uh, yeah <laughs> yeah you feel bad for them, but it's like. They're being homophobic and terrible, so you don't really feel bad for them. Yeah, and on top of that, they're treating trans women 
or any yeah. anyone that falls under their umbrella of woman, whatever their definition of that is. Yeah. Treating them purely as a sex object. And I know, I know that that's what they're there for. And I know that's what that app is there for, but um, it, it just kind of reeked of this bad relationship with sex and pornography to me. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fetishy. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, and then on the other hand, I would like once in a blue moon, see quote unquote straight cis woman and they were looking for quote unquote straight cis men on an app for gay hookups and it was very <laughs> i don't get it but okay. i don't i don't know i don't know what to say to that but they and, like christian like trying to convert people no they're just look look looking for bi and straight men and it's like okay well i mean you might find bi guys here but like if there are other straight men on here they're probably like me and they're just doing this for the yucks so right um it was it was very confusing um lots of unsolicited photos um lots of guys them. saying that they had 11 inch dicks which is oh not possible um, you always say that but well, when like a third of the people on there, anything's possible if you just believe. You're right. Mm. Um, yeah, it was all very fetishy, very very fetishy. I would see people that would say uh, white white dudes only, and then I would see oh people that would be God. like, that would be like, I want to be dominated by a black man. Oh, jeez. Um, and the whole thing just was really really weird, and it wasn't funny, and it was depressing. Yeah. Like, it just, it made me, like, okay, this is, like, the end result of, like, a bad porn addiction. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I'm sure I'm sure there are wonderful people and things on Grindr that are not what I saw in, like, three hours of using it one time. Yeah, I think people, like, actually do find relationships on Grindr. Like, it's definitely a, a more hookup-y app, like Tinder... But um, I know people who have actually had relationships through Grinder, so no, I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna completely knock it. And again, hey, that's not even my territory anyway. Um, yeah, I, I was just kind of, and angry. also like, you know, there's nothing wrong with casually hooking up if you're both into it and everyone's everyone's open and and honest. No, and you know what? One thing I'll say is like it that app is definitely much better suited towards that than any of the again quote-unquote straight or quote-unquote yeah. normie apps or whatever because like i mean theoretically if that's all you care about and you, you don't care about the person's name or anything or like you can get right to it and right for better or for worse that's there rather than something like tinder where there are a few steps of protection there for good reason but yeah or even like I've I've gone out with people on Hinge who, you know, Hinge is quote unquote the relationship app and you know, I don't even know if I'm looking for a relationship ever, but then it's like I go on a date with someone, they seem to be interested in a relationship and then they just want to hook up. It's like why are you we've talked about this. Why are you sending me confusing messages? Yeah. Yeah, so if, if there's one thing I'll praise Grinder for, it's 
it's definitely a place where you can state your intent without feeling uh, shamed, I guess, because no one, mm -hmm. no one's playing this fake game of, oh, I'm not really here to hook up or to date and then eventually hook up, you know, yeah. um, they, they admit it, but yeah, it was, it was an interesting experience. Uh, maybe it has changed since I went on it. Probably not. These apps don't really change. Sometimes uh, they change. Sometimes, like, but okay, Cupid has changed. I don't think anyone's on there right now. I'm not. I haven't gone on in a long time. But well, that's the thing is, I they've got the history. I think a lot of these apps want to keep it the same so they don't lose people because a lot of younger people are scared of. Uh, changes in, in they're scared of changes in the <laughs> digital landscape i'm scared you should go on okay cupid you might like it okay. i don't know if there will be people your age <laughs> probably not but i like i kind of liked it because i got a little you can make your bio literally pages and pages long and i went a little overboard but i've I, I I really kind of liked reading people's like essays on themselves and and you get the like percentage matching like like and you get like a grid like grinder of instead of like who's closest it's it shows you who you're most compatible with. All I know about OkCupid is I saw a really good screenshot like twelve years ago, um, from OkCupid, and it was a guy's profile. And um, <laughs> it, it was, they're like prompts, right? Like, why am I using this? Like on a typical Friday night, I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so, so prompt one, it was, I'm on OkCupid because, and then <laughs> the response said, because I'm cheat <laughs> because I cheated on my girlfriend and I'm a horrible piece of shit. <laughs> Oh, and no. then and then the second prompt that said on a typical Friday night I am and it just said scum. Oh no. And it was like, yeah, his girlfriend totally found his account. That's um, that's all I know. Anyway, th this is a good transition to our second topic. Yes. So, um my topic is a little long, but I'm I'm going to try to make it not too long. I have a lot of bullet points here. But um, in the fall, my friend Ian sent me this article called uh, The New Superfluous Men. And uh, it's basically about incels and how we have a lot of incels right now uh, in modern times because there aren't uh, any wars like there used to be but i'll get more into that so i want to you know first uh if you don't know an incel is an involuntarily celibate person uh this term was coined by a woman and justin you know more about that than i do uh yeah i i forget her name but if i remember okay. correctly i think she was i think she was autistic mm -hmm. or somewhere on the spectrum Mm -hmm. And just felt like because she couldn't form relationships that she was, un, you know, unable to have sex. Yeah. And she wanted to have sex, but she just felt like society and just other factors in her life were keeping her from that. So she was involuntarily celibate. And it was, I wouldn't say 
I wouldn't exactly say it was like this this positive thing. Um, yeah. But compared to how that word has been taken and appropriated by men, uh, yeah. the, this this new quote unquote new type of man, it definitely wasn't as uh, negative and and a loaded phrase. Uh, right. Yeah, the, the term incel has become this, like, internet phenomenon, and there's a lot of, like, I will say, like, American white dudes online who are anti-feminist and misogynistic, um, and, you know, occasionally commit acts of terrorism, um, and as, like, someone I went to college with, uh, was saying to me once, because she was in a male gender studies class, um, you know, some people argue that most of the mass shootings in the U.S. are caused by people who are purposeless and partnerless um, and are acting out in violent ways to try to get what they want or are seeking revenge because they've been they, they think they haven't achieved what they or been given what they deserve. Um, so this article is written by Alex Gendler. Uh, around the beginning of COVID. And he talks about this movie called TFW No GF, The Feel When No Girlfriend, uh, which was created by Alex Lee Moyer, uh, who is a woman. Uh, and it was supposed to be shown at South by Southwest, that music and film festival that was canceled because of COVID. And it's about five incel dudes who like talk about their life and the fact that they're not having sex. Um, and it was seen as too sympathetic. Uh, so incels place blame on social and technological advance, uh, advances like modern feminism and the invention of the birth control pill, which give women, quote unquote, too much freedom to choose who they want to sleep with without the threat of like having a baby. Um, and this means, according to incel prophet Michael uh, Hulebeck, that some men make love every day, others five or six times in their life, or never. And as uh, Alex Gendler argues, though, that the question of whether swaths of men getting left behind or like not being able to procreate is irrelevant. And the bigger question is, like, why aren't there more incels um most of the world's ancestors are female apparently uh and that's not because more men are born but it's because uh more men are able to have children in their lifetimes than women uh because dudes can fuck um, like a hundred different women and like a woman can only have, you know, so many babies in her lifetime because she actually has to carry the child. Um, uh, so and, once and men are also able to father children past a certain point that women are just, just flat out not able to. That is true. And there are more being studies done now about like the risks of older men having children, um, like whether it leads to, you know, um, issues like autism or down syndrome and etc that they didn't really understand um even like five ten years ago but they still can have the children it's not like they go into menopause um but once upon a time the ratio of how many women reproduced versus men was less skewed 
But um, as I learned in a socialist meeting at Hampshire College in 2011, the advent uh, of surplus food, wealth, land, etc., which has historically been distributed unevenly, um, meant that certain men have a lot and others have not so much. And those men that have more also have more sex and more offspring. Um, An example that Gendler gives is Genghis Khan, who is the direct ancestor of 0.5% of the world, mostly in Mongolia and China. Um, uh, The point being, most dudes don't procreate. Most men have historically built things, worked the fields, traveled on boats to distant lands never to return, and fought and died in battles, thus eliminating the excess men factor. Um... According to the article, excess men who can't compete with other guys for social, economic, and educational reasons are more likely to try to obtain what they feel they are denied through illegal or dangerous means, sometimes in groups. Um, and, and the article does talk about, you know, uh, organizations like ISIS uh, and, and bands of men in India who... Um, are acting out violently because the because of uh, chosen how do I put it people choosing to have more male babies than females so aborting the females um, and so the the ratio of men to women is skewed for that reason and so um, and then ISIS uh, you know men are promised women in exchange for doing this you know, terrorist work, um, you know, they're promised women in heaven. And so, and a lot of the women in the Middle East are leaving and going to places like, you know, Europe to find better lives, get, you know, have job opportunities. So male expendability and female subjugation are two sides of the same coin, says Gendler. Historically, uh, simply because someone was born male didn't necessarily mean that their life was easier, which I kind of argue is not necessarily true because, you know, if you're male, even if it's not like your life isn't easy, it's still easier than being female where you're like bought and sold to men. Um, well, but, you know, men in certain societies, men were also bought and sold yeah, just as not, slaves, just not, it's, just not it's for true. sex. I mean, yeah, again, not I, I'm not, sex. I'm not saying that working in the field, like breaking rocks and then being killed just because he looked at someone the wrong way right. is better than being part of a harem and being raped. But right, you know, we we did yeah. watch Joseph in the Amazing Coat, and uh, that's a very accurate depiction, as we as we all know. Of oh Egypt. yeah, yes, the bomb dies. All the boys live on. They don't age. Uh, yeah, but so men, you know, born once upon a time, like they still had to like break rocks and fight in battles for the few wealthy people. So those wealthy people were really the ones who were, who had power and opportunities. Um, it didn't necessarily have to do with like their gender. This guy was arguing. Um, so, and what guarantees sex is not promiscuity, like these incels talk about online, but rather marriage. Um, 
And this is most clearly evidenced by this simpler time incels and conservatives uh, refer back to, which is the post-World War II America era, when the country saw a period of economic and political stability, as well as the loss of hundreds and thousands of expendable young men who fought and died in World War II, um, leaving those remaining men, even if unremarkable or unskilled, as Gendler puts it, to reap the benefits of a nuclear family and economic stability from a single income because only you know men were working when they came back from the war um and as the world continues to move forward in a tech-centric reality historically working class male jobs have been replaced by machines whereas jobs that require what they use this term in the article soft skills which is really sexist but this includes um, communication skills, leadership skills, teamwork, problem solving. These jobs are ones that women excel at because of the way that they're socialized developmentally. Um, and more women, as we know, are attending degree earning institutions um, than men. And in the last um, recession, 80% of men lost their jobs. So we're in this time where especially men are purposeless and partnerless and it has created this wave of incel culture um so and two the fall of traditional battlefields uh, and the rise of automated warfare through the use of drones has meant that more civilians are dying instead of soldiers meaning the ratio of men to women being killed in wars and conflicts is more balanced um so incels shouldn't blame feminism for the fact that they're not getting laid, but the fact that they're alive, period, instead of having died in battle or on some sinking ship or some of some foreign disease in a faraway country. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I, I pretty much agree with all the points uh, brought up in the article. And it's it's a tricky it's a tricky thing, the way the whole incel thing, once it kind of hit more mainstream with some of these uh, domestic terrorists who were either running cars into crowds or shooting up, I mean, anywhere. Um, once their motives got a little more covered by mainstream news, I mean, mm -hmm. pretty much all of these cases that I refer to, that was always there, but it, it kind of took a while for the media to say, oh, the reason they're doing this is because they're disgruntled about not having love or sex, not, right. oh, they watch too many uh, Tarantino films and they play too much Call of Duty, you know? Right. Um, and, like, I can't, you know, I, I'm not going to go into detail, but I, I grew up with people who felt that, you know, marrying a woman or having sex was their birthright as a male person or just as a person living uh you know like people assume that because you're alive you get to get married and have sex and that's just not the case like i think that you know movies display this fantasy that everyone gets married and lives happily every ever after and it's just it's not true. It's not true for men, and it's not true for women and, and everyone else on the spectrum. Well, I mean, you take this example, right? So my grandparents um, had five kids, 
of those five children, only one did not separate from their partner. Mm. You know, and and we're talking men and women, right? Yeah. Daughters and sons, divorce or just separation, whatever. Sometimes it was amicable. Sometimes it wasn't at all. Um, and you know. My grandparents' generation, you just don't even do that whatsoever. But yeah, my grandparents got divorced. Yeah, um, and that's that's pretty. But rare. that was that was taboo, and my yeah. gra- my dad's dad got remarried. Um, Especially if you're Catholic too. Yeah, I think they were Protestant. Yeah, but, there you go. Um, you know my my grandparents got divorced. Of those kids, and I don't even know how many there are. You know. My dad and my mom stayed together, but my dad's sister is divorced, and my mom's sister never even got married. So she was engaged three times, but she didn't get married. Yeah. So you know, not everyone gets married. Yeah, and and unfortunately, a lot of these young men are being sold this idea that. And it's not always marriage, but some of these ones that are real, like traditionalists, view mm-hmm. marriage and sex as hand in hand. Right. But even re- regardless of that, they're being sold this thing that sex is the be all end all. And again, in some cases, to get sex, you need to be married, or that's just what traditional values. Well, that's the opposite of the issue, because like, if women are being less, like, women aren't being less picky because they have birth control and the apps i would argue that they're being or sorry they're not being more picky they're being less picky because you know they don't have to worry about having a kid so like i'm not saying that women are being more promiscuous but i or not but i would argue that like I you, there's a trend with our generation that like we're not getting married as much and people are are serial monogamists or just simply indefinitely partaking in the hookup culture. Yeah. And, and entering into a a relationship, even a long-term relationship is not a complete like sentence for marriage and kids these days. I mean, right. But my point is like, people are, people are having sex with lots of different people. So like, if anything, the apps have made it so that men are having more sex, not less. I mean, maybe it is that, like, as, like, they refer to them in the article, like, the chads are having lots of sex and the incels are not. But, I mean, if you're not a dick and you're not, like, hideously unattractive and that is really... uh subjective um like you can get laid <laughs> yeah i i feel like if anything it's kind of raised the floor i don't know if yeah. it's ex- i don't know if it's extended the ceiling but i feel like it's raised the floor a bit um, i think the reason a lot of people don't think that they can have sex is because they don't believe that they can have sex it's really a confidence thing yeah and the other thing too is i i have to wonder how many of these people that hold these views have just never been intimate with a woman in any way. Right. We're talking about just cuddling or kissing or or whatever. Right. Um, But, and and that's the thing. I mean, I distinctly remember when I lost my virginity and I mean, I hate saying this, but one of my first thoughts was, oh, so that was it. 
Yeah, no, I was literally, I was going to say, someone in my life who shall remain, remain nameless, when they had sex for the first time, they were 25, they were, you know, a little older, they were like, this is what I, I, I've been waiting for, like, no one told me it wasn't a big deal, and it's like, well, first of all, we did, but second of all, it's like, yeah, if you're not in love with someone and you have sex with them, it's not really a big deal. It it's only as big a deal as you make it, and yeah. To that end, I mean, it's really, I, I've said this before on here, but the way I view sex is like that's great and everything, but I if you're prioritizing that over like life skills and right. like like really bettering yourself as a person, yeah, and and all like the only way you can make it to the end of the month is like thinking about ways to get laid. And there are people out right. there like that. Oh whether, yeah. Whether they're getting laid or not, you know, um, then I think that's just sad because again, that, that points to people that have never had like bland, boring, or just straight out bad sex. Yeah. Uh, which is very real. You enter into a relationship and you start having very, monotonous robotic sex or no sex whatsoever and you start to mm -hmm. dislike people i mean it's yep. again they're, they're being sold this lie that it's like this awesome magical thing and not like it can't be but most times it's yeah. it's not like this life-defining thing you know right and and i have multiple times in my life have talked to women or even you know have had this thought myself of like when you're in a relationship for a long time with someone that you you know things aren't working out and you're not having sex anymore you start to wonder if you're you know asexual uh, like because you don't you're not no getting spark. off and there's no spark and you and, and as you said and you a, stop a while thinking back. about it yeah as you said a while back when you don't have anyone to think about in that way yeah then yeah. you lose your own because your fantasies become, they kind of dry up, you know? They do. I totally agree. With, I to Well, I totally agree with myself. Um, yeah, yeah. My friend Alicia, a few years ago, before my long-term partner and I broke up, was like, you know, if you stop, you know, I think she said if you stop masturbating or if you stop, like, getting off, then you will, like, not be as horny because you know i think it's like the similar a similar thing where it's like you don't remember how it feels or you, you just kind of stop caring about it yeah and i guess so, it's I like mean, any hobby you got to practice or you just forget yeah yeah <laughs> and it, you know by no means are we being anti-sex on this but i do think with the way american culture handles sex and sexuality uh has huge glaring issues and this is yeah. you know this is this is a symptom of that and unfortunately as i was saying after you finished wrapping up the article this has become so politicized that right. now if you show any degree of sympathy for these men and not not every man that would describe themselves or could be described as an incel not all of them want to go out and commit a mass shooting or something i think a of lot course. of them are people that you know they might be struggling with depression or anxiety. Yeah, maybe, there are people. For, sorry, you finish your thought. Uh, you know, their 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 home life, depending on the attention they got from their parents, maybe not so great. And maybe all it took is just having having a sense of worthlessness 
and then mm-hmm. going on the internet and seeing some truly poisonous content on there and you start kind of this gradual slope down to that territory i i right. i genuinely do not believe that every guy who you know is like oh fuck women they're all whores i'm never gonna fuck them but i want to fuck them you know it, it's logic that doesn't make sense it's not logical and i just i don't believe yeah i think i think some people are start out <laughs> a little closer to that end but i think it's a spectrum and i, I think, think so for, too for a lot of these people they they just need attention they're down on their luck yeah yeah, yeah. and they're then they're neglected and um you know they don't maybe they don't have like i said the, the economic means to uh acquire the attention from women who are looking for a breadwinner um or maybe they are not culturally, you know, the norm of attractiveness or whatever. You know, there's a lot of factors. But, you know, that there's that. And then there's, you know, being this kind of person on the internet who is misogynistic and, you know, racist and saying horrible things about people who, you know, we're all oppressed by this system. And that's kind of the point of the article is like, uh, we're all that. I mean, that's what he's, he means when he points out that, you know, we're all being the, these um, symptoms of of women being oppressed and, and men being uh, not having sex or whatever are two sides of the same coin because we're in the system where women are told that they have to be a certain level of like beautiful and cater to men and et cetera, et cetera. And men have to have money and they have to do this and they have to do that. And it doesn't work. Um, it, it causes nothing but strife. And we live in this country where men are taught not to say how they feel. I was just saying this to you the other day and I, and I said it on the phone yesterday to my ex, but it's like the root of so many arguments between straight couples is men's inability to convey what they're feeling because they think that they're not supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and it's so frustrating because and- women are told the exact opposite that you need to be open about your feelings. And if you're not, then you're not being true to yourself. Yeah. And there's definitely. You know, we were talking about this off the podcast, but how certain words like toxic have just been mm-hmm. used so much that they don't mean anything. And I, yeah. I think I think one of those words, in a way, is uh, mansplaining, which yes. I think is funny. I get it. I think it's it's relevant, and you know, it it does mean something. But I see some people use that as just a word to describe any time a man explains something that a woman may not know, regardless of how they go about it. Right, and, and that's not good. No, Where, and what, yeah, and, and and that's the difficulty is is as you said, if men are told they should never communicate and and share their feelings, and then yeah, they try and start doing that. Maybe they're not going about it the best way, but you know mm. they're trying. I I mean, I, yeah, this is the thing. Men and women are socialized differently, and then we like blame each other for the ways that we're socialized. And I think, you know, this is not, this is not a profound statement, but 
I, I really do believe that the internet and social media, mm. uh, especially in the last 10 years, not so much the 10 years before that, but since smartphones and this, this instant access to the internet, it's made us so short with people. Yes. And it's, it's made us not want to give anyone a second chance or explain what they did was wrong. I mean, when yeah. people talk about cancel culture and all yes. of that whole Everything's headache, very black and white. There's no nuance. Absolutely. And the idea that, you know, someone may have misworded something. I mean, again, going back to the Mitt Romney example, it's like, that's not a good soundbite. But it's mm. like, is that on the same level of saying, like, grab him by the pussy? Right. I'm not going to get I'm not going to get into that. But I, I do think there needs to be some level of nuance where you say, hey, that's not really cool. That's not really acceptable. Let me tell you why this would hurt some feelings or be come off this way and not yeah. automatically assume everyone has malicious intent. Yeah. And, you know, I think we're old enough now to have seen a change over the course of a decade or so in the culture. And so we are aware of the ways that the culture changes. So we don't know necessarily what is not pc now that might become pc again later or what is culturally normal now that at some point might you know be considered offensive yeah and that change is so rapid it's so rapid um, overnight someone says hey this is and i'm really really we want to emphasize here that we're not saying that people's plights are real people's plights are real and and the ways that people are offended by things that people say is is very valid um because everyone's um experience is very valid but we just we're trying to emphasize here that um that you know there's moments in the culture where where things that are not okay become okay and vice versa um yeah, that's all. and, and yeah. because because it does change so quickly, that's especially why I'm a little not shocked because it's been going on for a while, but just a yeah. little disheartened that people are so quick to jump down someone's throat if they're not on board with what is currently mm -hmm. the acceptable, whether it be turn of phrase or whatever, because I just don't think you can expect the average person to be keeping up with you know, what is okay to say or not um, yeah. to, to, to such a degree. I mean, you know, there's, there's a point, there's a point. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, if, if you're saying, if you're saying something stupid about gay rights or something, it's like, yeah, you're really behind the eight ball on that one. But if I don't know, just not knowing certain things that um, I'm trying to think of an example, but again, I, I stay so far away from that stuff. Yeah. I'm, 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 I, I guess like I'm thinking about how like when my parents were growing up, um, you know, the idea of someone like when we were growing up, even the idea of someone being gay or like you saying things were gay w was a thing like it, it was taboo to be gay. Um, it wasn't necessarily you weren't a social pariah, but if you were gay, people talked about it. And when my parents were growing up and even into their like you know, 20s and 30s, you could be arrested or you could be 
fired for being gay. Yeah, at, at, at the best, you were given a very hard time. Yeah, and it's like, that is not the case right now. And that is, you know, that is such a good thing. Um, and hopefully things stay that way. But there are other things like... Uh, I guess I'm, I'm just thinking of the word queer. The word queer, once upon a mm, time, was considered yeah. very offensive. And now it has become this, you know, it's an umbrella term for many different things. But people really identify with it and find, you know, hope and strength and joy in that word. Um, That's something I've and, had and a very unity. difficult time with. And unity. Yeah. Yeah. I Because when I was growing up, queer was an outdated slur yeah. for gay people people didn't right. really say it but it was not taken back yet and it was definitely like if you called someone a queer that was worse than calling them gay yeah uh, calling them the f word i don't you know that's yeah. that was a little more in vogue if you will that um, word is even i mean within like certain communities within of, certain of yeah people definitely say that and they find joy in it too and that, that's, that's being taken back so it's yeah. for me it's a little weird to hear people describe themselves as queer and and what queer means as an umbrella and mm. not think about like i remember people using that when i was a kid as like a very yeah because if you term yeah if you talk to the older generation like if you talk to boomers who are gay and use if you use that word they would take offense to it yeah so these things are cultural and they develop and shift. Um, and you know what? I, I feel like I'm spinning my wheels, but the last thing I'll say about the whole insult thing is, you know, we grew up with the internet. We're in a generation, tail end of millennials. We're a generation that when we were young, most people did not have computers in their homes, right? Until a certain uh, point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't just standard that everyone had a computer. Yeah. And, so we kind of had up... one and it was in the basement and used it sometimes. Yeah, we had one and we got that in like 2003 or four. I mean, okay. I, I, I we, was. We had a computer early because my dad built computers. We've talked about this. Yeah, my dad was a graphic designer, but it was it was like, well, that's computers are for work. You know, what else are you yeah. going to do on a computer? So we've uh -huh. grown up with the technology. We've seen it evolve and everything. And we know how to navigate some of these pitfalls, I think, better than people older than us and certainly better than people younger than us. Not, mm -hmm. not, not always, but just from my observation to some degree. And it seems like with younger people who have known iPhones since they can remember anything and social media and, as I say, a relatively unchanging digital landscape, they've kind of been immersed in again, these, these kind of echo chambers that are breaking down those walls. Um, and a site like Reddit or just even YouTube comments or just the type of content that's out there is so easily accessible that you, you never know when someone's making a post saying, I feel depressed, I hate women, why aren't they giving me sex? Yeah. That person, that person could be 15 years old for all you know. Exactly. And yeah. On TikTok right now, kids will post something really offensive and then... You know, I'll go to look at the responses because um, I love to see flame wars. They're not called that anymore, but you no, understand. No. Um, and it's someone will be like, you're 12. Like, I just went on your profile and you're 12. And it's like, why is this 12 year old saying this fucking racist, homophobic shit? Okay. Yeah. Um, we've gone on for a while. 
yeah if you you know if you like the show give us a a five-star review and say something nice on uh apple podcasts or spotify um please subscribe and you know share the podcast with people that you think might be interested in uh what we have to say and uh yeah thanks again time to eat time to eat <laughs>